Well, if you're new at Rocky Mount Baptist or if you were away the times that Isaac has been with us um, before. There you are, bro. Come on up. Um, man, I love this guy. Um, you guys are in for a treat. Isaac, um, we met uh, in, a, in a Ph.D. seminar at Liberty University. He was, he was giving uh, an academic, I guess, presentation. And I was like, dude, I need to get that guy to come preach. And so, um, man, I love Isaac. He's born in Korea, right? Raised in New Zealand, did missions work in Africa. One of the most eclectic guys I've ever met. But he loves Jesus. So would you welcome Isaac? Thank you. Bring us the word, bro. Oh, wow. First of all, I'm happy, Jeff, that you're standing healthy, playing the guitar. Fantastic. Uh, I couldn't be more happier. I was afraid I might not get to see you uh, and your beautiful lady, so I'm really happy to see you both. Good morning. morning. How are you today? Hope you're hungry. I am. I was checking every sign. Which is the best menu on the way? I was starving. But I was more starving spiritually because this morning I was asking God, God, you got to feed me. I woke up this morning and I said, I'm hungry. I'm so hungry. I remember the day when you spoke into my heart. You just touched my heart deeply. And it soaked and it nourished and it satisfied. And it went on and went on and went on. And I remember that just full satisfaction. Much better than hibachi buffet. (laughs) Much, much, much better than anything this world could ever provide. Because Yahuwah Shalom, your God of peace and your peace reigns in my heart. And this morning as I was driving, I just spoke to God and I realized my heart was like kept, then kept and kept as if I was having some kind of a spiritual congestion here. So I started praying out to God. God, come on, get this out, get this out. Oh, not on Sunday morning, da-da. Oh, you got to fill me up. I mean, I don't need tum-tums here. I need you. And I'm praying, and I'm praying, and guess what? God said, Isaac, you need to unload. And I said, what are you talking about? You need to unload, buddy. And I said, oh, well, yeah, I know I got some weight there, but hey, uh, uh, what are you talking about? And I realized as I was praying, number one, I was so concerned about my family that I overtook God. And I was doing too much. I was thinking too much. I was worrying too much. I was caring too much to the extent that I didn't trust God enough that He cares for my wife and little boy and girls better and more than I do. So I repented. And I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me just unload that for a while. Give it to you. Then I said, no, 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 you got one more. And I said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Papers after papers after. Why am I doing this study, Dad, by the way? And all the pressure of studying and studying and not making any progress day after day. And Jeff, I know exactly, uh, actually, he's actually one of the excellent students. He won't know this feeling. I, I, I'm the, the, the bottom-down student who's uh, suffocating. So I'm asking God, take this load away. And it felt lighter. And then I realized, oh my God, there's another load. And I've been asking God yesterday, God, what, 
what, what message do you want for Rocky Mount? And they burdened me all night and I just went sleepless. I said good night, night, good night to my wife and I said good morning on the same seat. <laughs> so obviously I was burdened in the heart, so I gave that away and, and, and I share this this morning because I realize that there are some of you who are sitting at the house of God, this celebration day, and isn't your heart like a heart congestion just piled up with this and this and this and how I'm going to make this meet and this meet and this meet. And let me tell you what God has taught me. I know better. I got you covered. No matter what happens in your life, you're in my hands, you're in my embrace, you are mine, I'm in control, and boy, you need to let go. And learn to enjoy me, fix your gaze, not on the problem, but on the one that who can solve the problem. Not on the one who sees it as a problem, but sees it as an opportunity for you to grow and be mature. The God of heavens who said, let there be, Jeff, let there be, friend. The man, the God, son of man, who said, you are mine, he says, you are written all over my heart. You are mine, little boy. Mine, mine, mine. Let the Yehovah Shalom reign in your heart. And let it tore apart all the trickery of this world that tries to enslave you with meaningless worries that get you nowhere but increases your blood pressure. Don't do it. Just enjoy your chocolate. It's good for you. <laughs> enjoy your coffee. It will nourish you. I tell my wife, whatever you eat with Thanksgiving, that will nourish you. And the pounds. However... I pray that as you listen to the message today, what God has prepared, I pray that God will not only release you from all the burdens, but replace it with the very might, the dynamic hands and the power of God that is reigning in the Word of God because God is the Word and the Word is God. When the Word is spoken in our hearts, it is alive, it is sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing through every precept and thoughts and mind and the heart of our conscience and it drives out all the lies and instills all the truth so that you may stand firm in the truth of the gospel. Amen? Amen. May you start a victorious week today because you, God has called you as a victor. I have conquered the world, God says. May we start a good day. Amen? Let's pray. Abba, we are hungry. We are hungry, hungry, hungry. We are thirsty, thirsty, thirsty for you. And it is not the drinks of this world, not the water of this land that can nourish us or satisfy this unquenching thirst that is burning inside of us. But it is only you, the living water, that can nourish our soul. It is only you that can burn us and, Father, revitalize us and relinquish us and, Father, refurbish us with your strength, power, and might. So this morning, we give our hearts to you. Fill us completely with your word. Let there be nothing else but your word living in us.
Let the word come alive and be the very moving force of my arms and lips and heart. And let us love you with all of our hearts, with all of our soul, with all of my mind and all of our strength. And Father, let us love one another as you have first loved us. So that we may be in you and you may be in us. And your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are yours. We are your children. Fill us and mold us and shape us for whatever you wish. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I promised my wife that I'll pray on the way for the gentle spirit to come upon me so that I won't be shouting today. <laughs> so if you heard my shouting last time and my voice going off, sorry. I'm going to be trying to be gentle, but if the spirit moves me, calm me down, okay? Okay? To go, whoa, 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 okay? All right. This morning, God has led me to share with you John chapter 3. Can we all open up to John chapter 3? And as we turn to John chapter 3, today we're going to actually read from verse 22. But I just want you to give you a kind of a pretext as to what's happening here. We are only on the third chapter of John, the gospel according to John. Now John is the beloved apostle, the disciple of Jesus Christ. And maybe because he was so loved, he has a very peculiar, particular way of portraying Jesus Christ in his written work. And yes, it is inspired and it is God-led, but it is actually breathed through his heartfelt intention. His intention is that Christ alone is God. He wants to engrave in his listeners that, hey, Christ is not just a historical figure. Christ is just not a story. Christ is not just a man in Nazareth. Christ is God. And the first chapter 1 to 6, he dedicates all his grammatical power, all his expression, and all his collecting sources in order to portray the fact that God is Jesus. Jesus is God. Now, it is amazing how we take little things, small things, or something that is so repeated so often for granted. Did you know that we as a Christian, we as Christians often forget that Christ is God? The reason we cannot hold on to Jesus is because we do not believe that He is the omnipotent, omniscient God. And because we do not believe Jesus is God deep in our soul we tend to turn our attention and cling ourselves to something tangible that we can hold on to rather than the God of eternity who said, let there be. 
Everything that was created was created by Him. And there was nothing that was created, created without Him. It is Christ in every creation. Let there be. The Word spoke, came into existence. DNA molecule composition. All the periodic tables. Yes, you name it. Even the nuclear bomb material. Yes, everything is the composition of the Word of God, and yet we do not believe. And it is amazing because John chapter 3 begins with Nicodemus. You remember Nicodemus, he was a very well-educated, PhD, highest level, highest scholar in the Jewish community. And remember who Jesus went to always? He went to his children first. He never went to the Gentiles. He always sought for my children, my people, my chosen ones. They were always the first. And Nicodemus, because of his reputation, uncertainty about what Jesus will teach, he came silently by the night, all disguised in the hood, and suddenly appeared for Jesus Christ and said, Teacher, not Christ, not God, teacher. Rabbi, I know that you are good. And I know that God is on your side. Because nothing that you could do. All the powerful things. The wedding of Cana. The cleansing of the temple. And the things that he will do. He has done the healing of the sick. Hey, I look. And you must be a holy man. But Nicodemus believed in the miracle Believed in the God behind him. Believed in everything that he did. But do you know what he did not believe? He did not believe that Jesus, that he was staring at at the middle of the night, was the very incarnation, the promised Messiah in the flesh. For the Word become flesh and dwelt among us. God, Emmanuel, was sitting right beside him. And as the teacher of the law, he saw the very evidence of all that was promised in the Word. In the Old Testament, which is the law and the prophets. Law spoke of the law of God. Prophets spoke of the coming Christ. And he saw the fulfillment of all that promises right before him, and yet he did not believe in Jesus, the person. You can't believe what he did. You can't believe that he might be from God. You can't believe anything. You can't believe that he's a prophet. Even Muslims do. But until the day you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Son of Man, the promised Messiah, the God incarnate, Right before my eyes, He is not yet your risen Savior. That's the message of John. John is saying, hey, have you met the person, Jesus Christ? Have you met Him? And now I want to ask you this morning, have you met Him? Person to person, heart to heart, when you read the Word, does Jesus pop up to you? When you cry in agony, does your heart ache? Have you been born again by the living water and the Spirit of Christ? I know you've been talking about the fruits of the Spirit in your church for the last few weeks. You know what the definite sign of a living Christian is? It's this. 
hungry? Are you hungry? This morning, I didn't, you know, I, I already told you I started at the same seat, finished at the same seat, and my baby cried twice. He, she cried at 3.27 a.m., then she cried at 5.42 a.m. And as soon as I heard the first sound, I got the milk, warmed it up, twisted it. Come on, daddies. Okay, I, I, I know you've done it. It's not just me, I know. And I ran up the stairs and just fed the bottle before she cried. I wake the other kids up. And she just go, nom, 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 nom. The agony of getting upstairs in 2, 3, 4 a.m. in the morning is nothing compared to the joy that I see of a living, <sighs> breathing child who is built, made, formed in my visage, therefore perfect. And she hasn't even opened her eyes and she knows that I'm feeding her and she is satisfied, nourished. And as soon as that five ounce finishes, she just goes, uh, 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 and knocks off to bed. How adorable, how beautiful. My heart just, just, you know, uh, when you go to New Zealand where I grew up, there's a city called Rotorua. And in Rotorua, the whole platform, the, the, the plate is meeting like this. So every once in a while, it's going to blast. And the whole city is a molten lava. You can see the molten lava everywhere. The whole city smells like a molten lava. And when you put a soap, this um, washing soap, into one of these holes, be careful, the whole ground will go, and the geyser will just go, out like this, and we're going, put another one in. Got a whole stack. My heart is bubbling with joy as such because amongst the pain, amongst the suffering, amongst the sleeplessness, it's nothing compared to the joy I have in embracing the beauty of my child who is hungry and I am able to meet the needs. Do you know how joyful that is? That as a father, that as a mother, that you can actually prepare something and actually feed it to your child. So just remember, if that's the beauty and the joy that you experience when you are raising your child, just imagine how Christ, our God, wanted to and did feel when He created Adam and Eve, not by the word, but in His own hands. He picked up the clay and said, Oh, oh, nose like this. Oh, 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 no, 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 no. Okay, that's this angle. Perfect, perfect. Oh, Okay, 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 there, 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 there. And he just made a perfect visage of him and he breathed it into the nostril. And there's my child. That's you. And do you know how much joy he takes feeding you? Do you know how much joy he takes in staying up all night? Just for you. Do you know how much joy he takes in letting his son, his one and only son, die the most excruciating death so that he will have the whole 
generation of his children from the beginning till end back to himself. That's my daddy. Have you met him? Have you met him? Jesus, when he said, verily, verily, I say to you, he wasn't scrounging. He wasn't saying, you, 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 you. No. He was saying, please, please, don't you understand? Unless you are born again in the very spirit that I am. For God is the spirit. And unless you are born again, not of flesh, but of the spirit... There is no way I can interact with you. There is no way I can feed your soul. There is no way I can walk with you for eternity. There is no way to bring you back once your flesh dies of disease and age and you still are not born again. There is no way. And I want you back. I want you back. Please. Verily, verily, I say to you. That's the tear for you. That's the tear for your families. That's the tear for your children. That's the tear for every single soul you will encounter in this life. He's crying. And Nicodemus did not understand. He lost it. He thought, by doing good, by working hard, by being a zealous Pharisee, that he will somehow make it to God. But Jesus said, if my gift does not come from above, then it won't be any. Unless you receive the gift that is coming from above, it won't do any good. Unless the one who came down from God, who has been sent by God, who has seen God, who is testifies what he has seen and what he has heard, that is Jesus Christ. He has seen Abba, Father, face to face for eternity. He has heard his loving voice for eternity. The very visage of God, the very tender voice of our Abba, Father, that we have lost ever since the fall of Adam and Eve, that Christ knows and the only Christ knows. And he came down, not so that he will be a good model, no, so that he will be a propitiation, that he will be the sacrifice, so that he will be the paying price, so that he will die instead of you and make a way where there is the way so that you may come back by stepping on the blood of Jesus Christ and saying, I surrender all and I trust in the fact that you came for me, died for me and you have risen for me and even now you are sitting on the right side of our God interceding with my name on your lips I believe I believe I believe oh God help my unbelief that's why Christ came 
John realized that through the story of Nicodemus. This, this grand, loving story of Jesus Christ, the reality, the history, the master plan of God is still hidden. So do you know what he does? He brings John the Baptist into the story. And he uses what's called grammatical parallelism. He uses two similar stories, but adds more detail on the second. So that he will reveal the truth that was hidden before. And in this story, this is what happens. Disciples of John is now fighting with the Jews, a Jew, over a ceremonial washing. You see, in the days of Moses, there were a lot of regulations. But there was only few, one or two, washing ceremonies. But in order to make themselves righteous, they added and added and added and added and added so many rituals. People were no longer able to follow it. They clocked the way to God. So when John the Baptist was preaching about the baptism of repentance, you baptize not by the water, you baptize not by the very doing of it, you baptize in your heart. And they were fighting over it. And the disciples didn't understand. So they ran to John. And they asked John, 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 don't, the, the man who you were with. Remember, Jesus came to John the Baptist and said, let me be baptized by you. And John said, oh, no, 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 no. How can it be? I am more dirty than you are. You are much more holy. I should be baptized by you. See the work of Man. And Jesus said, no, 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 it's okay. Let it be to fulfill what God has planned. And as soon as he was baptized, the, the Holy Spirit of God rained down upon Jesus Christ like a dove. And the voice came from heaven and said, this is my son. And it is not limited to Jesus Christ. And I want you to remember this. That's what Christ does whenever you receive Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit reigns in us. The Holy Spirit, another name of the Holy Spirit is Spirit of Christ. Whenever you accept Jesus Christ into your heart, the Spirit of Christ comes and dwells in your heart like a dove. And it now begins to create this fervent hunger to seek and to know and to touch and to hear and to be with my Lord, my Savior. Why? Because the soul is now alive. And just as a little girl seeks the hands of his mother, her mother, my soul longs after the presence of God. Why? Because I'm hungry. That is a defining evidence of our existence as the sons and the daughters of man. Why are you here this morning? I'm hungry, aren't you? 
I go to church and I do church. Whatever that expression is, wherever I am, I live with Christ and I seek Christ. I seek the community of Christ. I seek the body of Christ. I seek the worship of Christ. Why? Because I am hungry. I am hungry. Are you living every single day to fill that hunger? Or are you substituting that with the lies of this world? That the huge SUV will protect you. That the huge missiles of the air, missile defense system set out by the government will protect you. That the cart full of shopping and one year supply of emergency food under your basement will protect you. Do you think that anything in this world will keep you. But the Holy Spirit said, I will keep you. I will keep you. I will keep you. I will keep you. Before I go on, I think I need to leave this note. There are some of you who are trying to reach your families. By coincidence, a gentleman offered me your uh, bulletin, and I saw all the prayer names of the families. Yes, you never know when the last breath will be breathed out. But a lot of us, we... Invite people to Jesus Christ by saying, please come to our church. Ah, Jeff, I'm sorry, but don't do that. The first question you ask is not, do you want to come to my church? The first question you ask is, are you born again? And they're going to go, what? And you will need to make some explanation, don't you? And you better be ready to explain with your life. Because if you are born again, you will know exactly what that means. If you can't, then you must start reading the Bible and realize what part of my life am I really breathing and living in the Word of God? Am I born again with the water? And am I born again by the Spirit of God? And is the Spirit Leading me? Is that water nourishing me? Is the blood of Christ flowing through every part of my veins so that when I wake up, I don't think about my breakfast. I think about the breakfast that my neighbor is not getting this morning because Christ loves them. What is burning in your heart? Are you going to university so that you will get a good degree and a $60,000, $90,000 paycheck? Or are you going to university so that you will not only evangelize the people who are dying in a secular knowledge, but so that you will earn that $90,000, $100,000, and even more so that you will give 90, 95, 99% away just as Schindler sold all his belongings so that he will buy one more Jew. What is your burning purpose in your life? Is it for Christ or I? Because there's only one choice. Either I live for me or live for Him. There is no middle ground. There is no gray zone. There is no status quo.
And if you want to reach your family, if you want to reach your relatives and friends, let me ask you, are you first of all born again in the water and the spirit? And secondly, are you running for Christ? And are you investing in the very ones you're praying for? Because if you do, let me assure you, Holy Spirit wants them more. And hence, no matter what you do, He will amplify a thousandfold. And whenever you try to share the gospel, whenever you try to love on them, Holy Spirit will move ahead and bring their soul to Himself. Amen? Oh. I believe this church will multiply. Amen? I think this pew should be full. Amen? I think you should go to second and third service. Amen? Not for the number's sake, but for the house of God's sake. Amen? I pray that you will be that witness. I know time has severely passed, so I will keep it short. But I'd like you to read with me. Could you do that? Uh, in chapter 3, let's read with me from verse 31. And why don't we do this? I'll read the first 31. You all together read 32, no matter what version you got. And then I'll read 33 and so on. How's that? Okay? And the last verse, why don't we all read it together? Okay? All right. Verse 31. I'm reading from NIV. Simply because my friend just gave me a new Bible. I need to use it. Okay. And uh, verse 31. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth. And speak as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. 32. Go. Verse 33, whoever has accepted it has certified that God is truthful. 34. This is verse 35. The Father loves the Son and has placed everything in His hands. Verse 36 together. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. And let's reverse it and just climb up. If you do not believe in Jesus Christ, you will not see life, not because He condemns you. He didn't come to condemn you. We are already condemned because our spirit is not even alive. But He has given us the way. If we believe in Jesus Christ, we will see life. Who is life? Jesus Christ. He is the very source, origin, and the very substance of life. You will see Him. You will walk with Him if you believe in Jesus Christ. And therefore, let's climb up one verse up. Verse 35, the Father loves the Son and has placed everything in His hand. Father and Son are one. If you love the Son, you love the Father. Let me assure you, my boy's name is Enoch. If you love him, I will nourish you with my love. I will buy your chocolate pudding. (laughs) 
if anyone loves my son, today for me to be here, someone is taking care of my daughter. And because they are, I have invited them for dinner tonight. They are my family. Amen? How much so for God? If you love the one who has sent him, sorry, if you love the one who has sent, who is sent, wouldn't he, the one who has sent him, love you also? That's how we love God. He has given everything, but there is most important that he has given. He has given the path of salvation to his son. He is the door that you must pass through. He is the only condition that works. Do you know why he did that? Because we, we spoke about, we sang about the rebellion. Do you know what our rebellion does? Put your hand up if you have more than one children. Put your hand up. Okay. Okay, put your hand up if you command something and you, your two children does completely two different things. Oh, not bad. Very well disciplined. Okay. Well, my children, I got three. They all do different things. Sorry. I'm an amateur in my disciplining process. And what I found in my children is they want to do their own thing. Don't they? That is their natural innate DNA. They just do it. So what did Christ do? Out of our rebellion, we have lost the very privilege to be the sons and the daughter of Christ. Therefore, by faith, if you trust in the way that I have set, if you submit to my way, therefore Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father unless He comes through me. Are you abiding by the condition? That's what God has given. And He has poured the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God and Christ into His Son so that whoever comes through His Son will not only be saved, but immediately receive the everlasting Holy Spirit that will walk with us, live in us, and on that day will pick us up from the dirt that we are buried in, from the graves we will open up and we will start walking and marching. Our bodies will be all healed back and we'll be looking, staring at our risen Lord coming back with a trumpet sound and our bodies will be changed to a new form and new body in the visage of Jesus Christ and we will sing and march to Him and as an army of Christ, we will stand before His throne and we will lay our crowns before him and said, worthy, worthy, worthy are you, Lord God, for your grace is everlasting. Your goodness is forevermore. Amen. That's the life we're heading to. That's the promise of the Spirit. So let's go up a little verse with me. Verse 33. This is therefore the crucial verse Whoever has accepted it has certified that God is truthful. Now, this is it. God, who is unchanging, who is true, who is always consistent, who is always true to you, has made a promise that I will send my son. He told Abraham, I will prepare the lamb. That I will leave the root of Jesse. That I will send a Savior, a Messiah. I will prepare the way where there is no way. I will do it. I will do it. I will do it. And surely enough, 
Jesus did in the very middle of the town of Bethlehem when no one wanted to host the birth of Jesus Christ in a small smelly manger of horses. There our Lord Jesus Christ formless and without form, nothing much to look at, no wealth, no purple cloak, was born and the stars shine in the sky to declare that Jesus came. Why? Because it was the fulfillment of what Christ said I will do. And let me tell you, God never lies. God never changes. He is my sure guarantee. He never changes. And therefore, by His perfectness, He gave birth to His Son. I have given birth to you. You are my Son. I have known you. I have given birth to you. And that is Jesus Christ. And He is with us. And when you believe in Jesus Christ, let me tell you, you are certified. God, you are true. Man, you're good. How did you do that? Amen. How did you do that, God? How did you do that? On the right time, on the right place, exactly the appointed time, you fulfilled your promise so that we who were hopeless will forever have hope eternal in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 That's the victory we have. That is how great our God is. Therefore, it is impossible to please our God without faith. Because without faith, how will you certify God? If you do not believe in Jesus Christ, the very proof of His promises, proof of His goodness, proof of His mercy, proof of His grace, if you do not believe in that person, Jesus Christ, how will you give glory to God? How do we worship God? We worship God through Jesus Christ. Why? He is the very proof, certification, and the very stamp of God's mercy and goodness. He is the way. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. The righteousness of God. Oh, how great. Oh, how great is our God. Are you filled with this God today? That was the heartfelt desire of Apostle John. That you may be filled With this excitement. Though he was prisoned in a lonely island. He lived with eternal hope. And wrote it so that 2,000 plus years later. We as a congregation will read it. And have that same atomic power. Bubbling in us this morning. So that we may march out that door. And proclaim the goodness of our Lord Jesus Christ to every single soul we meet. May you bless the counter clerk in McDonald's. May you bless the lady in, what's that shop? Cook out, I think it was. Ooh, that's very good. And I'm going to try that Mongolian barbecue. That was awesome. That's a good title in itself. Let me know if that's not good, okay? But wherever you go, 
Go with this joy. Spread this joy. And live, choose to live in the freedom that God has already purchased through His Son, Jesus Christ. Can we bow our heads and pray? As our praise team comes up and just prepares a song for us, how great is our God. This morning, how has God spoken to you? Oh, let me assure you, He speaks. He speaks so much sometimes, it is hard to write it all down. Oh, I show you, He speaks. All you have to do is let go. Let go of your concerns. Let go of your worries. And trust that God knows it and can take care of it better than you do. And give all your worries to God because God who is good, who will surely take care of you and make everything work in the goodness of you because you are His child. His concern is that not that you will be bogged down by the worries of this life, but that you will be challenged, that you will overcome and become stronger and mightier as the sons and the daughters of Christ. But if the trial is becoming too big and too large for you, Christ is always the cushion that you can fall upon. He is always waiting for you within open arms. And He wants to reveal His heart to you. This morning, what worries did you come with? What burdens did you come with? I pray that during this prayer time, you can just let it go and give it away. 